재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 And we are continuing our panel discussion on this Lunar New Year's holiday uh, joined by some guests who are giving us their thoughts on how life is like in South Korea. They're coming, they come from a diverse uh, variety of backgrounds. They have unique experiences, and I'm sure you do as well as listeners on how you feel about living here in Seoul. Uh, give us your thoughts. Text us at pound 1013 for 51 or send us a Caltalk message by adding TBSCFM as a plus friend. Once again, joined here in the studio with Christopher Kwan Lewis, Michael Choi, and Judy Kwan. Uh, thank you all for joining us once again. I'd like to start with you, Chris, and I think this answer is different depending on if you are a single young man or if you're uh, a married woman with two kids or if you're, you know, starting an interesting venture in the, in the tech space. But, Chris, uh, as a single guy, and again, it, it depends. Like if you live in a luxury villa in Gangnam or you live in a, a Koshiwan in Hongdae, it's going to be a different answer. But do you think Seoul is an expensive, an excessively expensive place to live in? Excessively, I'm not sure, but I would say it's very expensive, especially coming from a mid-sized town in the Where US. Where are you from originally? I'm from near Texas, okay. uh, El Paso, Texas. Okay, okay. Yeah. But it's I'm actually in New Mexico, but I usually say Texas because people don't know what New Mexico is. They don't right, know it's a right. state. Yeah. But you're saying it is expensive, but not unmanageable. In some ways, it's expensive, and in some ways, it's not. So, for example, uh, the key money here. Um, the big deposit you got to put. I feel like it's pretty unreasonable. Now, Judy, uh, you you lived in pretty expensive areas, I guess, throughout <laughs> your life. Hong Kong and England, London oh, is pretty expensive. Yeah. Uh, how how does Seoul stack up? Especially, I mean, when you talk about housing as a family, is it, is it is it fairly expensive or well, is it? Um, Seoul is definitely expensive, but in comparison to Hong Kong, it was definitely not that not that expensive. But um, but still, for me now, well, before it was your parents, you know, they paid for everything. And now, since I have to pay for everything, mm-hmm. Korea is definitely not that cheap to live in. And you notice those things that kind yes, of come out. Yes, you notice them now. You don't notice them when you're growing up. Uh, one question that's somewhat similar for you, Michael, because you are uh, someone who's lived here all his life. Everyone ca- keeps talking about uh, your nohu or your jezan and what are you doing? Are you investing in funds? Do you have a bunch of, uh, <laughs> of uh, plans in place with insurance products? Uh, how have you been able to prepare for um, retirement or any other kind of, uh, I suppose, financial uh, catastrophes? Or is that something that's not really uh, priority right now. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm. I have no plans. Like I have no financial planning right now. Like because okay. uh, uh, after I discharged from, from military and my fa- parents got bankrupt, so since then I have to be a breadwinner in my family. So actually, I got no. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah, money to save. Is that worrisome, or is that something that just feel like all you know? Everyone around me is sort of in the similar situation. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't really care. Yeah, I don't really mind. Yeah, okay. yeah. <laughs> I'm You're very happy-go-lucky, yeah. and uh, I'm pretty sure for uh, about my future. So okay, well that's good. I mean, there's that confidence uh, as far as um, in terms of your financial security is concerned. Judy, back to you in terms of raising children, and again, I I suppose I can somewhat relate to having lived overseas most of my life and then trying to raise two kids here. Uh, the government um, 
sometimes can provide you benefits. Sometimes you feel that it is a little bit lacking. A lot of people have been up in arms about the whole nudie curriculum and the the battle over who's going to supposed to pay for it. Do you feel that you're getting enough help as far as the government is concerned? Well, um, for me, I'm not getting a. I don't feel like I'm getting anything from the government okay. actually. Because uh, well, I got the nudie kwajong the. The, for one year, for my young, for my younger daughter, but I didn't get any for my oldest one because it wasn't existing. Yes, it didn't right. exist then, and I feel sometimes they have policies that don't really make sense. Like in real life, it, it doesn't. It's not very realistic. Some of the policies yeah. the government comes come up with. Can you name it? Like, like well, the Nuri Guajang, it's a good idea for the government to pay for your kindergarten t- um, tuition, but it's it. The policies they have, like, uh, if you don't, if the, you're, you can send your kid to Oriyajib when they're very young. And that makes people who don't really need, like, not the dual income families. They don't have, uh, the single mothers don't, uh, no, not the single mothers, uh, the, the people. The stay at home moms. The stay at home moms don't have to send their kids to the Oriyajib, but they do because the government subsidizes. Right. So sometimes they should make more, um, uh, what do you call it? They would. They should make policies more realistic. Right, because on the flip side, once the kids get into middle school and high school, the government certainly is not helping with the, all the ridiculous hagwon costs. And, exactly, and, with, with and costs much and, more than. Exactly, yeah. and that's going to be a, another continuous financial burden for families all around Korea. Uh, again, with our unique backgrounds, uh, Chris, um, you are from a multicultural family. Multiculturalism is an issue that people in Korea talk uh, quite a bit about. I know you're very well aware that there's been some backlash to that as well. Uh, this idea that sometimes Korea can be uh, xenophobic, maybe not very welcoming uh, to people from um, multicultural backgrounds. Do you sense that or do you feel that overall your situation has been more fortunate than others? Well, it's kind of weird as a half Korean because in the U.S. I always kind of grew up thinking of myself as Korean and I was treated as Korean by other people. You were considered Asian by most of your... Okay. Yeah. And so when I came to Korea, it was very different because everyone treated me as a foreigner. So it was (laughs) very strange. You know, the interesting, uh, I guess, side note on that is like a big star like Daniel Henney. Right. If you see him in the Korean dramas, mm. he looks like this very exotic, very kind of uh, foreign, um, t- very handsome <laughs> TV star or movie star. But if you see him in cast in these Hollywood films, and then he takes another kind of like sort of exotic uh, aura about him that is not necessarily that mainstream sort of Caucasian uh, image that I guess people have with Hollywood actors. It seems like, though, I, I don't want to keep pushing you on this, Chris, but... There is a sense with Korea that you have to be from a very, very kind of prescribed list of things to be considered part of the culture. Because even as a kyopo, there are certain barriers that exist like, oh, well, you wouldn't understand because you're not, you know, you, you, or you you need to understand really this understand. better. Right. I mean, don't you feel that there is still that little wall that is here? Yeah, definitely. Um, the one thing that bothers me, and this applies for half Koreans, kyopos, and uh, adopted Koreans, is uh, a lot of... Koreans don't treat us as Koreans, right? Unless you do some something really like a, unless you have like a big accomplishment, right? Or you're famous. Or so something. if you're Heinz Warden, you won the MVP of the Super Bowl, right? Exactly. 
But if you're Joe Schmo, <laughs> you're yeah. it's like, why don't you learn the language better? Or you know, it's it's kind of like that, uh, Michael. And this is a question yep. I'm sure you get from your uh, relatives when you visit them during Solal. Uh, is uh, when do you plan to get married? Mm-hmm. Uh, when are, <laughs> don't you have any uh, pressure with that? Do you feel that um, in this modern era that there again needs to be this checklist of things? You need to have a house ready. You need to have a secure financial background you need to have a high salary or do you, does that again not really come into play oh uh, yeah also like today i went my grandma's and my grandma asked me like when are you going to get married and i said i'm not having this conversation <laughs> <laughs> yeah because you know you asked me before and uh in korea without like financial planning we can't talk about you know marriage like, and also also other thing is uh having children like after you get married you yeah, people like think think uh, have having children is kind of natural thing. But so, but I think of myself as uh, I'm not really ready to like be a father right now. So not just because I don't have money, but because of the, my mindset mm-hmm. yeah, to be a father. So uh, and so some 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 it all some it at all. Then also like financial thing and yeah, your mindset. And so I'm not. I don't think I'm going to get married uh, in, in the near okay. future. Okay. Yeah. You did mention how you are very confident about your future and, and uh, the path that you want to go, and you're going that startup path. Uh, yeah. We've been talking about this on our program in previous panels as well, but it feels like this country is so dominated by Tebos that uh, yeah. there is not really that thriving culture of venture startups that you see in Silicon Valley. Do you feel, as, pers- as a person who's pursuing this p- path, that Korea does give enough opportunities to startups? Oh, like, uh, it wasn't really like that, but lately, yeah, you know, like they say, Changjo Gyeongje, like Creative Korea, and now, and now, and I think they give you like more chances, yeah, for like young young generations. So the situation is getting yeah. better, yeah. in your opinion, and you feel that that is why you kind of feel yeah. more optimistic. I think so. Yeah. Chris, would you consider? I, I know you you've made Korea your home, and some, and you've said I think um, in the notes here that. Um, having lived in a big city for so long, um, uh, moving back to somewhere like Santa Fe or Albuquerque would seem, I suppose, a little bit rural now. Exactly. But if you felt that there were better opportunities and a better life outside, would you consider and where would you consider going if it was the case? Um, I really don't have a strong desire to go back to the States at the moment. Really? I feel like it's gotten worse in terms of... In what way? Like socially or Yeah, economic? socially. Yeah, um, I, I don't know. I just feel happier here, so I'd like to stay stay in Asia, if mm-hmm. not Korea, maybe Japan. Okay. Yeah. Well, is it the same for you, Judy? Uh, if I had the chance, uh, if for living here, I don't mind living here because uh, I've, I've always wanted to live in Korea, but um, I don't really like raising kids here. Like the education system is too tough; it's really competitive. You have to be uh, several years. In advancedly, advancedly educated, in, in before you're actually even in that year of your education system, and I just don't. Sometimes I feel it's too, um, it's too intense. Uh, my kids are actually, I think, a few years behind yours because they're still in the Odinichi uh, oh, oh, stage. Yeah. Yeah. But the one thing that kind of boggles my mind and makes me feel very reticent about what you're saying is, uh, with just even in a nursery school. 
there's still this weird competitiveness that's going on with the parents. And just for example, there was this, uh, the Wonjang, the, the principal of that school said, oh, we're offering these English subscription, like, booklet with CD purposes. It's going to be like a hundred something thousand won. And there was a meeting with the moms, and then our mom said, well, I don't, he speaks English at home. We're not going to go for that. But then there was this weird peer pressure where it was made to seem like he was going to be kind of odd or like ostracized because he didn't have that nice booklet because yeah. he would have to just use the photocopies. And my thinking was, if it's starting at that early age, at three years old, what's it going to be like in kindergarten? What's going to be like in elementary school? I imagine with middle school kids, it's really, really bad, Well, right? my kid, my oldest son is starting his uh, middle school year this March, and I'm not looking forward to that at all, because uh, Mar- I don't know why, but here you kind of have to be uh, at least three years ahead of your year. Yeah, yeah. Right. You have to study your high school level maths when you're starting high school, yeah. middle school. So to me, it still doesn't make sense, but that's the system. And otherwise, you can't follow the... It's not easy to go to school or something. Mm. Can, and I can't say from experience because I've had never experienced it. And I don't understand it. So I don't know how that works, but this suddenly seems to be the case with all my son's friends. Do, do you think that there is also, uh, you mentioned about uh, if if you are a stay-at-home mom, the situation is quite different than if you are a working mom or a dual-income family, that uh, despite all the advancements and progressions that uh, Korea has made in terms of gender equality, that there still is a long ways to go on that front? Of course, because um, there's not another country in the world where the, the all the males are compulsory have to go to compulsory army for two years. So I don't know how gender equality can really exist because mm. it's already unfair. Right. We're talking about even just salary levels, advancement opportunities in companies. Well, um, I feel, well, I, maybe it's because I'm raising a son that I feel the males in this country should get an advantage. Okay. Yeah, because they raised, they waste, well, not wasted, but they've given up two years of their lives. Right. Which I feel mm. it's, you know, it's their right, really. That's an interesting nuanced yeah. view on that, especially, I guess, because of the experience of having your son and what he you envision he's going to be going through <laughs> later on. Uh, Chris, again, I guess um, if you live here, um, if you are considered to be somewhat of a foreigner, I understand from, from the notes when you were first here, it was still kind of hard to relate to young Korean males, and I, I guess that situation has gotten better. Uh, do you feel that the younger generation or people in in our age group uh, kind of now are a little bit more cosmopolitan and aware, or do you still feel that there are some unique challenges here in Korean society? Well, it's gotten a lot easier. Like, I've known Michael for seven years, and even him as a Korean-Korean, he's uh, he's changed a lot. And I wouldn't say that's just from hanging out with me, oh, okay. but, yeah, I mean, people, um, I feel like their mindset has changed. They're more open-minded. Um, there's more more things you can uh, relate to them on. I think it's it's really important in a friendship. And, um, and it's yeah. a two-way street, you think? You feel like there needs to be op- openness on both sides? Because often you see expats, and they're really just kind of in cliques, and they're in their own little enclaves that right. are not as, I suppose, um, uh, assimilated into Korean society. And then you right. have people like yourself who really kind of make a big push, and I guess that makes a difference as well. Yes, definitely. 
then from Michael's perspective, he said you changed quite a bit. <laughs> was, I don't know. I don't exactly know what the uh, evolution was uh, necessarily. But uh, do you feel, as a Korean national, um, do you face different pressures than uh, a foreign national who lives in this country? Yeah, yeah. But ever since I was a kid, you know, like there was, you know, those like spec races and mm-hmm. like get into the system and. Get into like get a job at the right age and get married at the right age. But I always like trying to. It's just my opinion, but I always just trying to like approach with a different perspective. So, for example, like um, when it comes to when it when it comes to like employment, uh, I didn't really I didn't really try to like get a job at a like big conglomerate like Samsung or like. I didn't really go for that, so I was I wanted to learn more, so I was focusing on getting a job with a like starting company. So I did, and I learned a lot, but I quit. But yeah, still, I was trying. I I always like trying to like different approach. Mm. Yeah. You're you're um, very atypical, and I think you're in a very small minority. We could have in- invited random Korean men in here, and they 90% would have probably said the opposite thing, where specs are very, very important, and we all have to work for Hyundai and Samsung, but uh, uh, you, you seem to have the very, very uh, more kind of yeah. modern perspective. Or yeah. Yeah, For example, like English, yeah, you have to like get some TOEIC score, but they don't speak English no. that well. Yeah. yeah. Even they have like got like ninety, like fifty, mm-hmm. nine hundred fifty, but they don't speak well. Yeah. So that's not. So a you're good saying spec. that yeah. you know, it mean it's meaningless in terms yeah, of real life application just yeah. because it's on the paper. They could have cheated on the test, I guess, uh, for all intents and purposes. Uh, we're we're wrapping things up, and maybe just want to get some final thoughts uh, from our panelists. Uh, Judy, would you say overall you mentioned the difficulty in raising kids here, and I, I suppose that is a high priority, maybe one of the main priorities uh, as you live in in Korea. Are you optimistic in terms of that aspect of life in Korea? I I think for moms and for dads, you do, I mean, I I think almost everything is now focused on making sure your kids are happy, healthy, and to whatever definition successful. Do you feel that uh, those goals are achievable here? It's achievable. (laughs) I guess, well, depends on what your aim is, I guess. If you want to be the elite course, then you have to be really smart to be able to achieve the elite course. Like, you know, go to Samsung and, like, do all that. But And you're not cracking the whip on them, too. Uh, well, it, it'd be nice to be able to, but I, I think it depends on the on the child. Not all children can be whipped and made into what you want them to be. So, yeah. As long as they're happy, but it's not that easy. But I'm, I'm, I hopefully they will be able to survive and be a happy mm. um, member of the society. All right, <laughs> Chris. Just I guess if you had any advice for people like yourself who are considering making their way here in Korea, uh, what would you tell them? Um, <laughs> that's tough. Um, a lot of it's kind of luck. Um, you know, I know some people who came here. And they had to go go through very little struggles because they already knew someone that was here. So, you know, once mm. they came, um, everything was already made for them. You know, the circle of friends, you know, they just got introduced to uh, someone else's circle of friends. And um, they didn't have that uh, adjustment right. period um, like I did. So for me, I don't know. It was just more about luck. 
Right. So just yeah. try to make friends uh, kind of and uh, settle in as, as quickly as you can then. Yeah. Okay. We are out of time, unfortunately, but I do want to thank all of you joining us. It's the holidays, and so uh, we definitely appreciate it. Christopher, Michael, Judy, thank you, and Happy New Year. Thank you. Thank you. Happy New Year.